ready for your first storyteller of the evening? All right. Too bad that person does not know they're your first storyteller, so uh, already we're off to a great start. So hold, hold your applause, but Catherine Palmer is going to be our first storyteller. Is she ready? She's ready. She's always ready. Ladies and gentlemen, Catherine Palmer, let's hear it for our first storyteller. Our family was going to be in Bangkok for one week, and I had one goal, to see the Emerald Buddha. I didn't know a lot about it, but honestly, what else do you need to know? It's an Emerald Buddha. So we started out early the next morning, and I was feeling pretty excited till we got to the temple, and it became clear that we needed to take our shoes off. I'm not a fan of removing footwear, but I started to look around for one of those cubbies where you store your shoes until you're safely reunited. But what I found was a mound of shoes, about the height of a middle schooler. We were never gonna see our shoes again. Evidently, this was the price of admission. So I told my boys to kick off their shoes. I said goodbye to my sandals. I noticed that my youngest boy hesitated. He was new to shoelace tying, and I just realized that was 30 minutes of his life he was never getting back. <laughs> but shoes off, we entered the temple, and the guide asked if we'd like to sit on, sit on the floor. I would not. But then I realized he wasn't asking. He was indicating we needed to sit on our knees on the floor because it's rude to point your feet forward in a temple. So just for the record, I consider sitting on your knees a childhood activity. But I took a deep breath. I reminded myself why I was there. And I lowered myself to my knees. The good news is I was no longer worried about my sandals because it was likely I would never walk again. <laughs> So I was there to see the Emerald Buddha, but, but where was it? And my older boy noticed I was looking all over the place, and he pointed at the ceiling. And I looked up, and at the top of what can only be described as scaffolding was a tiny, faded, green, jade Buddha. This was not my Buddha. My Buddha was life-size and covered in emeralds. But the guide indicated that, indeed, this was the Emerald Buddha. Emerald being the Thai word for green. And he asked if we could feel the peace and tranquility. I could not. I could barely feel my legs. So I had forfeited a nice pair of sandals, would likely need orthopedic attention, and could barely see this jade Buddha up by the ceiling. It felt like the classic bait and switch. So a year later, I was teaching at the University of Hong Kong on Hong Kong Island, and our family lived on Lantau Island. Now, Lantau Island is known as the home of Hong Kong Disneyland, but long before Mickey Mouse arrived, it was known as the home of Big Buddha. Now, I had learned my lesson. I read all there was to read about Big Buddha. He's 100 feet tall and sits a quarter of a mile above sea level. And my goal was for my family to bask in the peace and tranquility of the second largest sitting bronze Buddha in the world, or at a minimum, see the Buddha we meant to see without removing clothing or experiencing physical discomfort. So every morning, I would go by boat. I would commute by boat over to Hong Kong Island and come back in the evening. But we were running out of time. So I came back in the afternoon, grabbed the boys, and hopped on the bus that takes you across the island to Big Buddha. The bus was empty, and the bus driver was definitely trying to communicate something. But my Cantonese is not what it should be. So we just smiled and sat down. The Hong Kong Islands are not that large, but I had misjudged how mountainous Lantau Island is as we started across it, switchback after nauseating 
switchback. But I estimated about a 20-minute trip. An hour in, we were losing daylight. So I started to will the sun not to set, or at a minimum, for there to be a full moon and stars. And at the 90-minute mark, we arrived at our destination, pitch black. No moon, no stars, not a single light lighting up the majesty of Big Buddha. But I was pretty sure I could see a faint outline. The boys were not convinced. But before I could even register my disappointment, the bus driver was ushering us back on the bus. And although my Cantonese is woeful, I now understood that this was not a tourist bus. This was the bus that picks the workers up at the end of the day and takes them home. And now it was our only way to get home. And the workers were in a hurry to get home. So they loaded on the bus with their big lunch pails and the bus was packed. This was the tail end of SARS. Everybody on the bus was coughing. So I had the boys take off their shirts and use them as makeshift masks. And we started out. And for the next 90 minutes, these lunch coolers popped open to reveal a stockpile of alcohol. And everybody on the bus, including the driver, celebrated the end of the worst day. So once again, clothing had been removed, physical discomfort had been experienced, and I was disappointed in yet another Buddha. A few months later, we're back in the States, and my girlfriend had a dinner party, and the boys noticed she had this little altar set up with a sitting Buddha, and she explained to them that when she was upset, she would look at it, and she would feel calm. And I heard my son say, when my mom looks at a Buddha, she gets upset, especially if she can't see it. <laughs> the hostess glanced in my direction. I shrugged. I had nothing else to add. That pretty much sums it up. Thanks. Catherine Palmer, everybody. <laughs> oh, my. I would, if I had gone to that first boot, I'd still be stuck there. I don't think I can get out of that kneeling position. That's just where I, that's where I live. Um, I did forget to mention a couple things. 